Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Kevin Hickerson. Uh, today we have co-hosts, all, all the whole gang is here. We have Griff Pippen. Hi, Griff. Hey, how's it going? Uh, we have Jimmy O. Yang. Yeah, yeah. And we finally have Owen back. Very the, excited. The Big Bear's back in town. <laughs> and Oso, El Oso. Uh, and today we have um, a very special guest, uh, Maria Spirup. Every guest that comes in, they and I ask how to pronounce it. That just makes me freeze up and then say it wrong. Spiripulu. There, very good. Mari Spiripulu. You're you're a professor here at Caltech, and you used to work at Fermilab, and now you work at CERN. In particular, you study. I remember very clearly you gave a lecture a long time ago at Caltech and you were very a big proponent of supersymmetry and you were I think the first person that I ever heard about it from. I've since then taken supersymmetry after being a grad student, but this was when I was an undergrad at the time. Um, anyway, it's great to have you here. Thanks thank for coming. You have, thank you for having me. Yeah. Nice meeting you all. Everybody wants to know, I think, uh, physics people want to know is uh, about this 750 GV signal that has come up. It's not a discovery yet, but um, I I actually avoided reading too much about it because I'd rather hear you explain it. So I waited a little bit <laughs> to, to do that rather than uh, read up on the real announcements. Okay, so um, let me start from this uh, 750 GV thing. The 751st, let's break it down. This is 750 times the mass of the proton. We mm. found and measured the, the highest mass particle we know, subatomic particle we know, elementary, is the top quark. Even, That's 175. Even heavier than, uh, it's even heavier than any atom, it's actually. So even it's, heavier than any atom. So it's, it's even, I can't think of any particle yeah, that would be. Yeah, because the, the, the chart doesn't go up to 750. Yeah, well, it goes slightly more than double that, but... You should really? know because you know all the heavy yeah, nuclei, yeah. right? Heavy all the heavy nuclei, nuclei yeah. with spin 15, yeah, which they, we don't they, have. But these are composite stuff, right? These are stuff that are made of stuff. What we are talking right. about is elementary that is made of nothing right. else other than themselves. It's a quantum <laughs> field. So the, the top quark is also disintegrating, but not because it consists of something, but it's because of quantum mechanics. It's very heavy. It, it goes into, it has a... Uh, a decay and it goes into products and it was 175 the 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 higgs we found has this crazy mass of 125 and then um what happened is is we we went into a higher energy in june of this year of 2015 and uh, that energy is uh, 13 tera electron volts the energy that we collide the protons against each other at cern and uh, when we analyzed the first uh, data, uh, which is about 400 trillion collisions of the, of the run that we have now, uh, we saw um, kind of a blip in, at, at 750 GV of what? It's the, we take the mass of the two photons and we make an invariant mass and that gives us a blip. That's very reminiscent of what happened with the Higgs. Mm -hmm. We took yeah. the mass of two photons, 
we made the environment, we combined the energies of the two photons, we combined them, and it looks like it comes from a single object. So does does that prove it's a scalar? I mean, it must yeah, prove yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not charged. Yeah, 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 very good. It's sure. very it's very good. It can be a scalar if it is uh, elementary. It can mm. be a, a pseudo scalar if it is composite. We don't know. Now we have to start uh, doing the same things that we're doing for the Higgs. And for the Higgs, we haven't even figured that out yet. For What's Higgs, a scalar? So a scalar, that's a good question. A scalar is, um, in, in the language of the particles, there is something which is called the spin. Um, um, a spin one-half particle is, if I had a glass of water here, I don't know how you're going to do this in the podcast, right? <laughs> this, me and the, and, the, and the glass of water, imagine it, you're She's all comedians. She's holding a glass of water. <laughs> yes. So if, if I do, if I do um, a 360, Right, something is wrong here. I can, you can see the glass of water, but I have picked up a phase. Right. So I have to do another 360. Right. So in space-time, I do two, two times uh, um, 360 before I arrive where I come from. Okay. A, a mm. dancer would do a pirouette, <laughs> one 360, and will see you the same way. A, a fermion, or a spin one-half particle, it would do that. It would need this extra face. It's kind of like when you fold a dollar bill. You know that trick where you fold it and then you have to unfold it and it's reversed, but you have to do it twice. No, I didn't. But it sounds nah. similar. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, so the bosons don't have this kind of of, uh, of spin. It has. They they have most of the bosons that we know. All of the bosons we know. They have spin one, and we were looking for this color that has spin zero. Spin zero we haven't seen ever. Um, uh, uh, sp spin zero is a very weird creature if it is elementary because it, it interacts with itself, with everybody else, and it doesn't have any such spin. It doesn't have a spin. Yeah, so, th so this is one of the most weird creatures in, mm. in physics. So in it's, it's neat that you brought up that example of, of turning that because uh, in our very first episode we had uh, David Pulitzer and he was explaining how Feynman told him, he was trying to explain the spin statistics theorem about interchanging fermions with his belt. And he, yeah, that was his story. Was This <laughs> thing with the water is a Feynman thing. I should right. not take ah, credit yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> is a exactly. So ah. you do like that, and then you have, you pick up a phase. That means, however, that the way to explain it is that there is a system here. And right. it's been one half, Spin one half stuff that are ele elementary are extremely peculiar. Fermions are extremely peculiar. If we were to make a theory of everything, we would like bosons but not fermions. Mm -hmm. So all these theories, the string theories, etc., they would be very happy if we had a universe only with bosons. But there are the fermions, and there is therein lies the dilemma of supersymmetry, <laughs> where we have to have partners for every boson. Uh, we have to have a fermion, and that's the last symmetry mm -hmm. that, that it is acceptable for the laws of nature we know. So I, th I think when you, when you said uh, that we'd like to get rid of the fermions, I think one of the reasons I, I, for the normal people, I guess, <laughs> in the world uh, um, is, is just that uh, I think there's a classical analog of a boson that we can visualize with our brains. I mean, like, uh, you know, standard vector field works in electrodynamics, explains light and electricity, and you can kind of just visualize it with your your uh, your caveman brain, you know, because it's a thing that... Hey! What? 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, a fermion does this weird thing. I mean, you don't go up to an everyday object, turn it, and then it's still not rotating. Exactly. You have to turn it again. Exactly. What causes that? Well, that's it, why it, it, it is. <laughs> that's this why. is not what causes it. It is. You measure it. It is. There is the phenomenon. It is in its in its driver license. It says its name, its last name, and then it says gender one half, uh-huh. spin one half. Its quantum property is such that that that's what it is. I mean, it's, it, it's named after Fermi because he said, this is what it does, and it works. This is what it does. And it, can't, it can be represented mathematically, but it cannot be represented with the mathematics so of everyday objects. You have to it twice to get it back to it. So yeah. And, if, and that's if, a if huge part of all the... If made of Fermians, it would be Anderson 720 would be the new show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm why I'm here, guys. The big jokes. Not 360, yeah. 720. Right. What's up? <laughs> and speaking of Fermi, I also found out that you are a academic ancestor of Fermi, yes. which is awesome. I'm yeah, super this jealous. is awesome. Yeah, through Chamberlain, yes, who mm-hmm. was uh, Fermi's, uh, Fermi's um, uh, student. So I And I was an Enrico Fermi fellow at the Enrico Fermi Institute of the University of Chicago working at Fermilab. And this awesome. is where... So she where, knows about Fermi. So Fermi, <laughs> yeah. But to go back to the to the 750 business, so this is huge uh, and, and uh, not huge in mass. This is huge if this is a real discovery, if this is a real state a real particle because for one we have no idea what it is and um, and anything that it is beyond the higgs is a shot in the dark for our field so we have we have worked for a, a century or 60 years with experiments and theoretically for a century and we have arrived to the point in 1964 to say that there must be a higgs for those, for the theories, and then the experimentalists went on to find it. Took us some time, but we did. And then we have nothing to go by. That's it. We have theories and scenarios. The best is supersymmetry, but anything we find beyond the Higgs is really a shot in the dark that will help us figure out what is going on at the scales between um, what we call the electroweak scale. In other words, the scale that everything we see measure and live every day is that energy scale. Mm-hmm. And the scales of where the, of the most extreme scales of the universe, which is whether you want to call it the Big Bang or whether you want to call it uh, whatever you want to call it. It's a theory. The Big Bang theory is a theory. Mm-hmm. It's a show, but it's also a theory. <laughs> that means experimentally, it's our best shot, but it's not experimentally fully proven. Uh-huh. So the 750 thing is not fully proven, but the, it's tantalizing. It's a tantalizing hint because it appeared in two experiments that are across the 27-mile ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 27-kilometer um, ring. And so, uh, to have two different instruments measure that particular blip is kind of tantalizing. And then, um, it is at the level of, uh, let's say, two sigma, uh, which is, the, the probability that this is a fluke is, is 1 to 2%. Having it at both places with this kind of strength of the signal strength, so it's not at the ten to the minus six where you say it's impossible that it's a fluke. Still, that mm-hmm. means that we need more data, and and uh, we're gonna get more data because now we have shut down the LHC. We're doing some upgrades, and we're starting back in April May. Oh, it shut down. I didn't know it shut down. Yeah, yeah, we oh. shut down every time, every year. 
because of the electricity bill, because you have mm. to remember that this is 120 megawatt, and at mm-hmm. that time, the French companies that give us electricity, they have a deal with us to cut it out because it costs a lot, because uh-huh. it's... Because it's the winter there. Oh, okay, mm. yeah. So that's happening at Fermilab in oh, Illinois. The, the French, it happens in the summer. And the French use electricity to heat because they have nuclear power. There, there. It makes more sense to There, there. And so we stop operations and we take advantage of that in order to fix our instruments, the the main um, the main machine, the, the accelerator. So there is, uh, the, it's all working together so that we hold hands, everybody with everybody else, but we have a downtime that starts usually on December 15 or December mm. uh, some, some uh, okay. such. We have a similar one at Lance. They shut down there. for the winter there. there. The, the, if there's the a heat wave, though, you guys can fire up, right? <laughs> yeah, right now it's 70 in New York. Oh, right, right. Yeah. That's, that's, But that's El Nino, yeah, I think, so it doesn't affect them. Oh, right. Year. Yeah. Um, the power lines at CERN are amazing. It's just huge. amazing. Amazing. It? Yeah, I mean, mm. it just, it looks crazy. Do you get good cell phone service there? Uh, yeah, because yes, it's you Switzerland. Do. You get good everything. What's we pay for it a lot. In the lab, though? In the lab and underground, 100 meters underground, we mm. have a deal with, uh, with the... Um, Uh, let's see, Is it, it used to be Swisscom and then it became Orange. Um, so we have a deal with the, with the phone companies and we have uh, underground. 100 we pay feet? A lot. 100 meters. 100 meters. 100 meters under the ground yeah, and yeah, you yeah. get This good cell phones? Yeah, 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 they yeah. put the antenna down there. We, the, we put everything down and uh, oh my God. all around the tunnel. Fermi particles, they can handle Verizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that That's equivalent? so amazing. <laughs> well, they, did, they didn't do that in Italy. We didn't get phone service. We were mile underground, They did that, but that's Italy, so it's different. I'm still blown away by the phone service 100 meters underground. Yeah, that's we pay a lot. We pay a lot. Well, we pay walking, three walking times around CERN, I found one piece of trash on the ground. And you threw it. No, I picked no. it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what funny. Be, like, it was probably an American. It probably what was. What would be the but, implications of this particle? Because I'll take 98%, 99% all day long. It's for sure. One, two percent. <laughs> I bet anything on that. You, no, you, would it, you? Would you really? It sounds go, it's interesting. I, This is what everybody's telling me. Yeah, people yeah. say that, but I, one of the ways I, I've talked about it before in my talks is I give the card hand. It's, for each sigma, I pick the poker hand that goes with it. Even the discovery, five sigma, is just a royal flush. And if you've never gotten a royal for flush... For 200 grand, I'd hold a gun to my it. foot. I will <laughs> use that. Thank <laughs> you, Peter. I'd hold a gun okay. to my foot yeah, against 200 grand for, for one in 100. You're more famous than me, so I'll get... Uh, That's good, think Kevin. I, I will use it, and I will say Kevin said that. Yeah. <laughs> royal flush. I, yeah. be, I used to like uh, poker when I, I was... Mean, uh, I, mean, I, was I mean, like, 1% is like, you know, four of a kind. It's, you know, it happens. I don't know the exact... I, I should make it a chart happens. of all... It happens. It happens. It happens. But does it really? Yeah, if you run 100 experiments, it'll That's is huge. a big problem. 1% is a big number. Um, but it's hard to get beat. Like, we get beat four of a kind but by 1%, a roll flush. But here, 1%, you excuse me. You win the casino uh, jackpot. But, yeah. but 1% here is the other way around, uh-huh. okay? It's not 1% the, the, the probability that it is. 1% is the probability that it isn't. Right. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so my caveman mind is saying that it is. Right. Okay, but let's see. Let's <laughs> There's see a lot of people who think that it is. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to figure you take it out. A, would you take a... If you're Gun playing the someone. foot for 200K against 1%, absolutely. Wow. No question. I take okay. bullet, to, bullet to foot against 200,000 bucks. 1% there's a bullet in the thing. 100%. Okay. Yeah, because then I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't walk for four months. Yeah. Versus 200K. 
Yeah, that's not that much money, though. This was so amazing. It has to be a half a mil. Yeah. 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 But I mean, foot. I wouldn't do it also, against head. CERN is a, is a 10 billion euro project, so it's not even I'm talking to me personally. Oh, you personally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 billion. We, we have to break it that down. 10 billion, oh. if we take into account in the accounting, the, prev- the tunnels of the previous experiments that, that were built there, uh-huh. because the construction was based on construction that existed. So we're kind of like we're kind of like going wholesale when we say 10 billion. In reality, it's about um, half of it together with the experiments, um, and most of it was the those uh, those amazing uh, superconducting dipole magnets that mm-hmm. we, by the way, invented at Brookhaven. This was the John Blewett invention of a magnet that is. The design of the magnet is such that you can put two particles of the same charge and they go in different ways. Oh, right. Right. This is the famous dual core design. Because you use proton, proton, not Exactly. We use proton, proton. So we tried to, back in the day, people tried to persuade the SSC people to use that, but they didn't want it. And Mm -hmm. then Isabel, there was another accelerator that was also proposed with this and they didn't want it. And then eventually LHC, the CERN, the Europeans got it. Yeah, like I've talked to a lot of people, um, even physicists, who think that the proton-antiproton is needed for them to annihilate. But, I mean, at that energy, you, you, it really doesn't matter. I it mean, really doesn't they, matter. And if you look at the plots, if you look at the graphs, uh-huh. you had an advantage of proton-antiproton if you were at the low energies, where we used to be at, at Fermilab. Uh-huh. The proton-antiproton collision, the rare processes were higher at the lowest energy uh-huh. compared to the backgrounds. Once you reach something, I think um, the the... Uh, the inflection is some some five TV or so. Then it doesn't matter. You can do matter matter collisions. Mm-hmm. Matter and matter was winning because it's, it's stuff sliding it's the it's energy, right. together. So except there's you, matter and antimatter being made in the yes, process yes. in huge quantities anyway. Yeah, so. and it's the, the 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 beautiful thing to say about this is that uh, when you do matter matter in this case protons protons, it's really glue on glue on colliding. Right, yeah. So yeah. Pulitzer Pulitzer stuff. Uh-huh. So in matter antimatter, it's quark antiquark. So it just mostly. To, just, just so you guys know, I don't know if you remember, but gluons are one of the one of the things that's funny about Higgs is everyone said your mass all comes from the Higgs, and it was it's a very sticky point very. to explain because your mass actually mostly comes from gluons, which is a really it's a weird thing to explain. And interactions. Yeah, your, most of your mass comes from the energy of the quarks in your body being stuck together. Not the quarks mm. themselves. Yes. The quarks themselves only get heavy when you get to the the ones that um, that they find at the LHC, like you know, top and and uh, down and charge. Oh, sorry, uh, top and bottom. Okay, so and what's a gluon? Gluon is like the yes. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Someone. Yes. It has a great name. What's we've it? got quarks in the proton, and then we've got gluons. What the gluons are doing? I'm gonna say that the gluons uh, bind them together. There, there. Yeah. Right. You so got it. it's uh so the glue has more mass than the proton than what well, they're gluing. The energy of the them. The energy of them. So so one of the, so Einstein said E equals M squared. Everyone knows that one. One of the he the was con- a hack. Go on. <laughs> one of the consequences of that is that uh, you can, if you have energy or mass in a box, if okay. you can't really see what the box is doing, you can't tell the difference. If there's light bouncing around in a little in a little box inside. That will, if you put it on a scale, it will weigh something, and it will weigh the equivalent of the, the you know, e divided by c squared, the energy of the, 
of the photon divided by c squared. It's the same with gluons. They don't have mass themselves, but the fact that they're all moving around inside there and it's all bound together in a single thing, the proton itself ends up having this solid, uh, a thing that looks like mass. And that's where most of our mass comes from. And, and actually, in general, if you want to think about it in general, about everything, it's the interactions among among the constituents that so, are making the mass, not the constituents so, themselves. So gluons are a lot like light, but the key difference is they interact with themselves. And that's one of the things so that... It's like the internet. It has no real mass, but the amount of stuff flying around has weight. You bet. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. That's a good one. That's Internet good. almost Thank almost you. has consciousness because yeah. of the amount, yeah. because of how many transistors you have in the right. internet. Exactly. It's more than grains of, of uh, sand all over right. Earth. Yeah. And so this kind of complex system probably has intelligence and consciousness. Wow. So, so one of the things that our first guest, Polzer, was trying to, one of the things he solved was that he showed that um, that the he was trying to find out why gluons never show up in regular life, like why we don't make them in a lab. And he didn't quite solve that problem, but he solved a related problem, which is that uh, gluons, uh, it takes more energy to pull them further and further apart. And so uh, he solved like the mathematics of, of that. With a banjo. And, no, he's doing banjo <laughs> physics at the same time. With a banjo, with a banjo. <laughs> so on a, on a basic level, I'm just trying to understand how this works. I don't have a science degree, obviously. Like, by colliding two protons... You have a science degree, Jimmy. It's right it? here. It's called your heart. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think when you're Asian, they just give you one. Yeah. Um, how is it by colliding protons together, or proton-antiproton together, that you can discover new particles? Yeah, it's it's uh, what Kevin was saying. So you're putting a lot of energy there, mm -hmm. and uh, and it, when when you do have the kinematics and dynamics, when you have enough energy, you can create new states that don't exist normally. So mm -hmm. the energy transforms into a new creature, which immediately decays in ten to the minus twenty four seconds in a yakto second. The top decays immediately. The Higgs decay immediately. These are quantum. These are quantum entities. Uh -huh. So when we say they decay, again, they, they transform, they mutate from one kind to another kind. And, and with all the energy and momentum, however, all the laws of nature are being, uh, are being uh, nothing is being violated. Uh -huh. So you've got energy momentum conservation, you create it, you put a lot of energy, you created something with much higher mass than what you find normally. That's so you can the... ask the question, if, you, if I put infinite energy, can I make a, a black hole? Which yeah. is what Kip likes, right? Uh -huh. and, and the answer is, we, you, one could, make, could, could write down the theory and the equations that you put so much energy that you put it in such a little space that you create singularity that looks like a black hole. This is a micro black hole. Mm -hmm. So if you go in our papers at the LHC, we have papers that look for micro black holes, look for extra dimensions, look for supersymmetry. And we look at the decays of all this stuff. And all those right. are the papers that scared everybody. These were the papers that initially scared everybody, <laughs> and we had to it's... go and, and put a committee together in order to make it, in order to make all the arguments why this thing, if uh, there is such a micro, it's a micro black hole, it's like an elementary particle. Yeah. Uh, when it decays, it decays thermally. Thermally, we detect all the products. It's not gonna. It's eat not gonna earth. eat the well, the earth and the universe, right, and, right. The, and the neighborhood. Well, even that's whatever. what's funny is that's even two separate issues. So one issue was if they could make a black hole, but another one is uh, that a tiny black hole wouldn't actually even eat the earth. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people think it would, but 
Uh, yeah, even yeah. if it were stable, it would hole, just fly around. Yeah, through. yeah. The micro black hole. We, even yeah. I mean, we we have calculated all the possibilities, and mm -hmm. we found out that. But still, this didn't prevent people on the net to take a picture of of um, my detector overground, the detector underground, it shows a collision and then a detector overground and my par my car is parked <laughs> and then all of a sudden it starts going and then there goes my car and I'm like, don't do that. Yeah. It's my Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Leave it alone. This, this comes up, I'm asked this stuff a lot, like people will say like, well, I just think it's really dangerous and it always blows my mind because it's like that as opposed to what else? Because if we don't understand how the universe works, there's no reason to assume anything else we're doing isn't equally dangerous. I mean, because people say, well, I think you're just, you know, you're just thinking, you're relying too much on your knowledge about it happening. But I mean, that's no, by, true by when you doing turn these a experiments, on, there is you know? no, but by doing these experiments, there's no, there's no, we, we are not, we are not able to mess with the universe. Mm -hmm. I mean, we may think that we could and we may think that we would, but we can't, in fact. Mm -hmm. So and in, there's and other ways that we can destroy ourselves. Yeah, Many other yeah, ways yeah, that we exactly. can destroy That's, ourselves. <laughs> that there's a way more mundane things that we can do by by uh, not doing that. I guess because of atom bombs, it kind of like it put this thing on this psych. I mean, I'm very aware of this as a nuclear physicist because sure. everyone, especially since I work at Los Alamos, everyone just assumes that's like dangerous work, which you know at the moment. Uh, they already exist, so there's not really much worse it can get other than that. I mean, but um, there's even some other issues like we may only learn about dangers from doing experiments at the LHC. For example, uh, Lisa Randall has her book about uh, dinosaurs. I hope we can get her on the show too, actually. But, um, yeah, it's a good idea. But, but I mean, that's a very mundane thing. That's a very practical everyday use. You know, like the survival of mankind may rely on figuring out what dark matter is made of. And that's only going to happen in an experiment like the LHC or direct detection, that kind of thing. I don't think a lot of people realize the amount of effort it takes to make an explosion. <laughs> like I, it's the same with like exercise like I have friends who are like oh I would lift weights but I don't want to get like huge it's like do you know how hard right, it is right. to get huge <laughs> it's the yeah, same with like it's off. like oh well if two atoms two protons hit each other there could be a genetic so it's like they have to try so hard to make a bomb it's not easy it doesn't just like happen yeah and it's like, what is it, that the, the mini black hole doesn't have the gravity to bring in more matter? Is that why it can't possibly expand? Uh, yeah, because it's, well, there's two. One is it will, according to Stephen Hawking's uh, stuff, it'll just evaporate immediately is one issue. So it'll just decay back into regular matter. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, it's just so tiny that as it flies through the Earth, it never gets close enough to, right. to get that strong gravity. And so the, the cross-section with regular matter is very tiny, and it would just sort of orbit around. Right, but the way we're talking about these quantum black holes is the same thing about all the, the particles that we're talking about. The particles we're talking about is an approximation of things that have mass, but they have zero space. Right. They occupy zero space. That's a singularity. This is like a black hole. Right. Okay, not exactly, but, you know, we t the, the way we talk about the black hole in a collider is really a singularity that evaporates. And, um, and we have to... Figure out there is between saying these words and figuring out the math that this actually happens at the energies that we arrive. There is a very huge way 
to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. So we have to assume that gravity gets strong at much lower energies, which means there are extra dimensions of space or some other physics that is bringing the, the strength of gravity to be the same as the other forces at the energies we are now exploring. And so we are kind of reverse engineering. We say, if mm-hmm. this is the case, then so and so. And this is how we do our analysis of the data. And we are excluding all of these possibilities. Mm-hmm. So something else is happening with gravity, with space-time, um, with, with everything that is gravitational, with the, with the dark energy and with the dark matter. Something else weird is happening, and we're going to put our hands around it. Do you, what, what would be some possible <laughs> scenarios of something weird happening? Like, with the, with the existence of this particle, what could that possibly mean? Yeah, so, so the, the existence of this particle, if it is such, could mean that it is a heavy partner of the Higgs. So now the Higgs has copies. Mm-hmm. And then that can happen if you have extra dimensions, for example, or it can happen if you have supersymmetry. It's but a requirement it's not for kind, supersymmetry, right? It's actually a requirement for yeah. supersymmetry that there are five kinds of, of Higgses. Yeah, I had, a, I had Heavier, a friend, Sean Tulin, you might have met him at some point. Do you remember him? Sean. Sean Tulin? Anyway, yes. Uh, he he had a funny joke that he would always say because he was he was annoyed that people called the the Higgs particle the God particle because is that as soon as you get to minimal supersymmetry, you suddenly have to be a polytheist. Very <laughs> so good. Funny because there's you have to have five. You and, have and to like, have five. That's, so suddenly okay, so the specialness five? of one. Because five's an odd number. Five it comes out from the theory, but it is because you have uh, you've doubled now all your particles, and now okay. all your part in order to have all the interactions for all the particles come through correctly with all their symmetries, and they have to and they have to obey certain symmetries law- laws. You got to have five of this, okay. and you can actually if if if. Things don't pan out with a five. You can start adding more Higgses. So you go to mm. the ne- N MSSM and you add more and more Higgses in order to make things possible for the theory to still be probable because we are excluding all of that. At this particular moment, we are excluding a lot of the Suzy phase space, a lot of we're the just, possibilities for Suzy. We're just trying to get the simplest to follow Occam's razor. Exactly, basically. exactly. And then we start adding. Uh, we have to, by hand, you know, ad hoc, we start adding and cooking theories. And these theories are scenarios, really, because, you know, you, you are in the shot in the dark. And then you have to combine. Is this also containing the dark matter particle? Maybe dark matter is not a particle. Maybe it's something else that has to do with gravity only. And how is this connected with space-time? Is space-time... I mean, the way we envision space-time right now is not the way in the times of Galileo, where you had a framework and you have, you know, up, down, left, right, and you move around in space and time. It's something completely different. Right. So is it like a process of elimination where each new particle you find eliminates a lot of those theories and proves certain ones more true? Exactly. And each, each you don't find... And each you find. Each you don't find eliminates huge amounts. Mm. And the, each you find ha, has theories scratching their brains because they haven't. if they haven't thought of that, what is it? And right. that 750 thing you're asking is in this category. Because it came out of nowhere. Because really. yeah, it I, comes I, out I of saw, nowhere. I saw and people predicting lighter things than that. And it's a weird right, golf right, to right. go all the way from 175 right. So people think that maybe we arrived at 13 TV and we created something which is... 
1.5 TV, which decayed to this 750, and that decays to two photons. So we need to find a patent of this. Or people think that maybe two, two, four photons, and they kind of like overlap with each other, and they make new theories of what this could be. So it's the zoo now. It's really mm. Jurassic World in this moment. Because it's like when you're in this reality that we're perceiving, it's tough to try and learn past it. It's almost like trying to figure out if you're drunk. Because <laughs> you, if you are if drunk, drunk. <laughs> it's like, do I want to call my boss and yell at him? I so that's, that's what all theorists... I'm okay with that idea that no, all but theorists are like it, drunk people. No, not I'm, at all. I'm, I'm saying I'm in this physical reality... I don't get it, but okay. Let me try to explain the way you're describing it is like when you, you, you're discovering new things to help you understand this world that we can't possibly perceive because we have this, this, what, this paradigm of like three dimensions. Because it's like this is what I am. But there's clearly more. Mm-hmm. And when you're in this trying to understand more, it's like this weird way of just not, almost not trusting yourself but having to eliminate stuff. of what It's like being drunk. When you're drunk, you don't think you're drunk. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not drunk, but... I can't walk. What, is, what yeah. does that mean? I'm drunk. Right. Yeah. You know, that's how I, because yeah, from an outsider's point of view, it's kind of like, because we can only perceive three dimensions plus what times a fourth. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, but I guarantee you the theorists are way past that point, though. No, but I'm talking at a very basic philosophical level. Like, if you oh, okay. discover a new particle, you're like, what could this mean for the thing that I can't possibly perceive with my eyes that are just monkey right, eyes? Right, so the 750 thing, if, if it was a little heavier, it could be a, a, a Randall uh, Graviton, a Randall Syndrome Graviton. Oh, really? Because it would decay oh. to photons, and then and then oh, Lisa would go crap. to Stockholm. Well, then we, then so you better get, get her, her on the show fast. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> then she'd win a Nobel Prize. She predicted a possible candidate she, for She this. made the made theory it. of the fifth uh, dimension, what Where, is the fifth dimension? See, this right. is stuff. Yeah, so, okay. so uh, actually, uh, uh, Randall was also so used. Bruce Willis. <laughs> She's yeah, actually right? quoted in Kip's book because uh, he was talking about uh, anti-desitter space, which remember we talked about with Andy. I'm not supposed to tell that to the public, but I just did. Uh, anyway, <laughs> On a podcast. So he, one of the backgrounds, or you don't, they don't talk about it in the movie, but he, he put anti-desitter space as part of how the bulk beings were able to move things around. And he, but anti-desitter uh, space in theory is, is, is a mathematical construct. Our world is the sitter. But the theorists, when they cannot create our world, they go to, the, to an easier world, which is empty of everything which is anti-decider, and it has their own cosmological constant, and they do their equations there because it's much easier, and then they try to fold it in and go into the decider very, right. very I'm rarely. Is Susie like that, though? Is supersymmetry no. like that? Because one of, I know, like, N equals 4 supersymmetry is, like, every theorist's best friend because all the, all the diagrams go away. And right, but is it, that just a, it's a, a simplification because it looks like QCD. Yeah, but uh, is, is that just no. like do we get overdriven to the simplicity because we have no choice or uh, it no, feels in, like in this one in this particular case it's it's an honest it's an honest um, um, completion of what we have. And it would be just perfect. It would give us the right top mass. It would give us the unification. It would give us so. It would give us supersymmetry. It would uh-huh. give us the. There is there is so much more that you get out of supersymmetry than assumptions that you put in the theory. Mm-hmm. So that makes a beautiful theory, and this is why there are twenty thousand papers. Mm-hmm. It actually makes sense. It's not nonsensical, and it doesn't need more assumptions than what gives predictions, mm-hmm. which come true. I mean, the, the top mass being so high was the first prediction of supersymmetry, 
We didn't we didn't that. we didn't expect that to be the case. I well, when that. I was in grad school, the top mass, the 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 W was decaying to a top, and not the top to a W. The W oh, is yeah. 80 GV, top is 170 GV. The other, I was taught the other way around. So even in this small uh, amount of time, things have changed radically. And one of the predictions I'm even weirded Sandra, out that the Higgs is lower than the top. That the, the top yeah the Higgs the Higgs was uh, in in some cases the Higgs was coming out to be 30 GV in some cases it was coming to be close to the Z and the W so mm-hmm. 90 GV came out to be 125 GV total total unacceptable mass totally problematic mass for problematic all of us why? well because if you take the mass of the Higgs and the mass of the top and you take the paper that Pollitzer wrote together with uh, Wolfram the Mathematica Wolfram back in the day, they they had uh, um, the, the the mass of the top and the mass of the Higgs. Uh, if like they that. conspire in particular values, they can make the universe unstable, the and that means that the we are living in a false vacuum, and we're gonna <gasps> turn aloud. There goes the universe in another place. Uh-huh. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna bubble away, and it's going to appear somewhere else. There goes and the a, universe in another place. Goes, Could you please explain that? There goes the universe, <laughs> and it will appear in a in a more stable, energetically um, state. Wolfram? The universe will disappear, and then it will appear in a better, more stable yeah, better human being. <laughs> it can happen from now to ten to the hundred eleven years. But will we realize? I think it? it's wrong. Could we understand that? Do we just pop up in another? Yeah, place? Do we just. Show we will up? not be there, but some parts of some, you know, the, uh, our stuff will be there. It will. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> our, it will be. It will our be. Our atoms might be. If we're yeah, lucky. I mean, all the energy will be there. I mean, uh-huh. it will Transpermia, just go bro. somewhere yeah. else. Well, from watching Transpermia. What's Transpermia? You should have been work. I would like to point out that Wolfram is also the guy who wrote Siri or a lot of Siri, just to connect that to. The whole, what's the use of this kind of thing? No, I'm, so, I'm so, asking in your intelligence. Sorry? Uh, you're so smart. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> everybody is. My, my theory is that everybody is very smart. I agree. But the, but what, about, what about Griff? And yeah, Griff is very, very smart. He's not, he's not though. I he's think so. I think. He, chooses, he chooses not to use the smart part. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to use the dumb, yeah. Well, I choose to be dumb, yeah. I asked Kevin this earlier, so I watched Particle Fever, that, that documentary in the, uh, yes, on Alex. Yes, it's, yes. it's a great thing. And, and then they said... I watched it um, too. I didn't have to bring it up, though. <laughs> I, just, well, because I just did because I enjoyed it, but go on. <laughs> Since the guy YouTubing well, so, all the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had particle fever like six months ago. Well, so they said the Higgs is so, a problematic So I should way. say, did you see me? I, did I see you? I, I, I don't know. No, I don't remember no. seeing you. <laughs> you I don't remember seeing, seeing you in the... No. I am behi- I'm behind Peter Higgs in the auditorium. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. Oh, that's that was, huge. I, I got to so go back and watch it. Because I knew you were in it, and no, yet you're not, not listed no, on the I was page, not, and I, I was freaked not, out when no, that they happened. they were trying to put me in the production but I was very busy and it was the time that I was moving from CERN <laughs> to Caltech there was That's no way that, it was like uh, I'm sorry I'm too busy I'm discovering too busy. the Higgs to be yes. in this uh, yes exactly no, you could, yeah. that's, I couldn't that's have, where all the postdocs were in <laughs> right and I couldn't have people no they had a very good uh, team etc and I know the I know um, the guy who got the NSF grant to do it it was a very wonderful adventure mm-hmm. it ended up being of course a mostly a let's say a psalm on the theoretical mind and the mathematics and so it was talking about supersymmetry and the multiverse and all of that stuff and also it showed how the Higgs was uh, was discovered but in that 
in that uh, day of the discovery, of the announcement, that was the 4th of July, I was at CERN and I was sitting behind Peter Higgs. So when Peter was crying and they, 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 it was finishing, the seminar yeah. was finishing and they saw a shot, I was behind him and then uh, I... And then I was with Lynn Evans, who was the head of the Accelerator Division. You have to, I, I was there already for 10 years at CERN staff before mm. they got me here. OG mm-hmm. and CERN. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, well, so yeah, I very, knew all these people very well. You're very OG and, and Susie also, because I just, like I said, I, I heard about it from you a long time ago. Well, so my, my, my question so your was question, that, yes. uh, Higgs, it says, so it's uh, 125 GeV, and it's an interesting weight because... It doesn't prove supersymmetry, but it's too low for multiverse. There you go. It's bipolar, tripolar disorder. The Higgs of the mass. You Google that. That's good. (laughs) That's too good of a question. (laughs) So it's not good for supersymmetry. Are you guys hiring a CERN? That was very good, Jimmy. So uh, it, it is too it is too high for supersymmetry. It is too low in some sense for compositeness, and it sits right bang on on the place where the universe is metastable. All of this is telling you that we need something more than the Higgs. Mm. Otherwise, everything we know about quantum mechanics, we have to redo it. Because if the Higgs was low enough for supersymmetry, then multiverse would be untrue. It would not be a multiverse out there. So we don't know about the multiverse either way, right? But, but I'm saying if the Higgs was 100 GeV. If the Higgs was 100 GeV, it would be... Well, they, we have excluded that before. But if the Higgs was 100 GeV, um, we would have found it at, uh, at LEP. And then the theories about multiverse would, would be different. But it still be could formulated. be true. Oh. Well, you can never... I think the way the particle fever showed it, it said it's either supersymmetry or multiverse. Right, yeah, right? that's what I was confused. But I think, but I think uh, theorists can make it all work in all cases, right? So it's hmm. not really multiverse or supersymmetry in that kind of a, of a divide or extra dimensions or supersymmetry or that kind of a divide. It can be a linear combination or non-linear combination of all of the above. It's usually like a pursuit of which is the simplest explanation rather than which is the correct one. Because a lot of times in physics, what's what's real is not always, even in the end, very clear. Even if you have a great theory... It's not entirely. But it's clear the most what's interesting. Real. What's real? Yeah. If you can, if you can, like bring out reality and break it down and know it, what it is, and then figure out to explain it up to the point, up to a point that it's there's no, there's no, you know, omnipotent truth on what we are doing. It's all approximations. So if we have to good to a good approximation, a good description of reality, we're happy. And at this moment, the Higgs mass is making it very difficult because right. it makes our quantum understanding of the universe, it makes it blow up. You've got to rethink a lot that. of stuff because it's 125. It, we've got to rethink a lot of stuff. We've got to redo quantum mechanics, quantum right. theory, or we will find something else. That would explain And it, it. will be that's something that's weird. What, that's and what keeps that's us funded. What, so exactly. That's, that's very right. important. And so yeah. if you wanted to take a bet, <laughs> yeah. based on the observations we have, there has to be something else in order to stabilize this mess that we are into with this type of the Higgs mass. And then we can figure out the 750s and all the other possibilities, how they fit. As experimentalists, I think we're going, if this is, we, we, we put out the result, we show the results, we don't say what it is, we say 
based on these results, we exclude this and this possibilities. So we exclude a few gravitons and we exclude mm -hmm. a few heavier Higgses. But we there is a possibility now that as we take data, this will increase. Mm -hmm. So the blip will become bigger, the signal, what we call the signal will become bigger. And then then it will be, it will take a lot of minds to, to figure out what this could be. Is there a number you're rooting for when the Higgs is coming out? You're like, oh man, I hope it's 111, then everything yeah, will be yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was, there there was, was a bet, right? 115 oh. GV, everybody was, we first discovered there was, because it was the last day of the lap run of the, of the electron-positron collider, the large electron-positron collider at where the LHC is now. And that was sometime in uh, 2008, I think, something like that. They had a signal with four jets that was giving a possible Higgs. I forget the significance. It may have been just a few interesting events at 115. Mm. All the rest of the data were excluding everything below 114. There were a few interesting events at 115, and people, it wasn't 2008, it was 2002, three, something like that. Mm -hmm. There were people who were saying, don't stop the collider, the old collider that was colliding fermions, electrons and positrons, but continue because we may have the Higgs. And the director at that time told them, go away, we have to build the LHC, and if you keep doing that, we're not going to start at the prescribed time, which was 2007, 2008. Wow. So that was 2001, 2002 that LEP shut down. And they had a hint, a tantalizing hint. And mm. we had to wait from <laughs> 2001 to 2012. It took us that long time to figure out that the hint was wrong and that there was a Higgs that was 10 GV. Mm. During that time, higher. how do you not go crazy? You do. <laughs> I go crazy watching a movie. Yes. I go, what's behind the door? Yes, what's behind yeah. crazy? You guys for 12 years. Crazy. You have no idea how many people have nightmares in their life. Their span of their a full decade is just haunted by that. And it, I mean, it can even destroy careers. If you're a student at the time mm. and you're you're hoping that's something, you know, that your whole work was on hoping for that discovery you made. Like, oh, by the way, it's going to be another 10 years. You have no choice but to move on. You can't yeah, stay attached oh, to that. Some people theories are based on okay these theories will all be true if the Higgs is 115 so Correct. Their, their whole life could be just ruined not whole life those not... are theories okay. they, they, they make they a theory part. a day yeah theories right. should, should, like... they make a theory a day this the, is great there, there is should the... be a bookie at CERN <laughs> yeah there really should be there is there is there is there, it was on is it, it was Patty Power or something <laughs> it was on the internet Vegas? people were betting fantasy science <laughs> so you got some insider info I can bet on this new particle? <laughs> it's a perfect environment for betting, like yeah. high anxiety, like high numbers. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's one of the hardest uh, problems we deal with is that once people – there's already so much on the line. Uh, theorists, uh, sorry, experimentalists now have to go through a lot of effort to make sure that our experiments are blinded because your own biases have – can. we know for a fact that your own biases can affect – 
the way you analyze the data to get the answer yeah. that you want. Mm. Be like you can say, oh, well, this code always pushes the mass a little lower, so I'm going to keep Or let me cut and dice and slice yeah. a little bit right, like that right. so that I push it there. Like, I, I, like this huge guy, one. he can have like 15 mil on like 115, and then he just try to rig it into 115. Right. Is that what you're saying? And, yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you can do it on accident. You don't, but, but Instead but, of point shaving, it's quark shaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you can do it on accident, and, and the, the game, the, the you know the background results are really real. I mean, it's a real impact on your career. So it's very hard to just go like, well, I'm going to be respectable and not do that, and that's hard to do. So we go through a lot of effort to blind stuff, even when it doesn't really matter that much. Sometimes it's just like a random number. Like one of the experiments I work on is the neutron lifetime, and we're blinding the results, and. It, it's not really going to make or break anybody's career if we get the number differently, but it still is important, and so we're, we're blinding it just for that reason. What about like an overall thing, like that you don't want the universe to disintegrate? I think that could happen too, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. just an overall philosophy that makes you go down different roads. Uh, and, uh, I no, think we that don't do a... that. We don't do that. I <laughs> think that this is interpretation, and so you can have any interpretation you want. The data right. is the data. Right, right, right. You analyze it, you got data, and then you say, I'm going to now interpret it in mm -hmm. the destroying of the universe, in the, you know, right. with the theory that I have, with another theory, with your theory. I right. I'm going to start interpreting the data. I think a huge uh, hallmark of like classical physics, I don't mean classical as the type of physics, but I mean physics from the 1800s and before, and also of modern day crackpots, the hallmark of those is that they, there's a philosophy first and then you select the experimental evidence to fit your philosophy. But I mm -hmm. think good scientists don't really do that anymore. Yeah, and we cannot do it because we have so much data, right? You can't really put all the data with one person's theory and right. if you if the way we do the analysis we combine we try to combine all the data that we have from different sources in order to make sense in a more complex way of the complex yeah. universe we're at and so it's very difficult to kind of uh, evade the constraints and and fit your own theory like, like you, know? A, you know the middle age or the renaissance like the people's religion guiding their their scientific inquiry was one of the biggest problems they had. Like they would ignore blatant evidence in front of them because they they had a philosophy about it first and then, you know, they couldn't see Yeah, and it happens still, right? I mean if you believe in if, if you believe in something and you have proven it up to a point, I mean epicycles were like that as right, well, right? right? So if you believe it, then every new information you have, you kind of like patch it up so that it fits mm, the picture you right. have. And, there's a and then there's a point that, that this breaks down. Yeah, it's like a house right. of cards. Yeah, you can With keep the science I feel like falls apart. can be more like legit than social science. Because this is more just pure numbers and graphs and yeah, if you do it like right, social it sciences, is. that's a toughie. That's this is hard with the popularization <laughs> though because what do you well, think? What are you gonna uh, say? Yeah, yeah, social science. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my theory is is that that ancient the the History Channel Ancient Aliens is the most racist show on television because it's like who could have built the pyramids? I do a whole bit about that. It's like Egyptians. <laughs> now it's like like uh, when you're dealing with human science, that's when things get. But this, I feel like you can It's very more complex. I mean, it's very, a, complex. very complex. But I think right now, with, with all the simulations we have and with the amount of computing we have, right. we will be able to fill in gaps in history because mm -hmm. you would be able to go from here to there and go through all the possible paths and figure oh, out. Yeah. My, I think it w we will be able with, com with computation, with the advanced computation, to figure out 
gaps I in, think we can, in history. But my my sister mm-hmm. was just doing studying history. She's trying to get her PhD. History's and, a mess. And it like she wanted to do data based history, and she said that the entire department is just like no that that thinking is completely it will out. come to wow. them so it, it will fe- come to them well i feel I like predict. it's like physicists are going to have to do history at some point just for them but how, do you, like how do you make a or the like or a, geneticists how do you well, turn history into data though how does that happen like a, well uh, uh, database i mean you have to you have to be able to make to make interpolations so if you start from historical event a with the conditions a and you have historical event b with different kinds of conditions in which kind of of you, you can make an evolution, you can make a model, a mathematical model, and say if this if these things were happening in between, you would arrive here, or you would arrive in a different situation, and you would have an area, you would have you would have a neighborhood of which kind of events would happen, and then you would take the most probable one. Okay. It's a it's a multi-model inference that you can do, and I think it will happen with what we are doing right now, with all the machine learning stuff and the right. deep learning and all the artificial intelligence stuff. We will be able to do that. A, a simple example. I'm, I'm Sure. A simple example is uh, just genetics. I mean, we have right now the technology. If we well, wanted, genetics, I think, is clear cut. Like that's oh, that's almost like numbers. Yeah, based. but that affects a lot of history. There's a lot of people's sure. viewpoint about who invaded who, when, and yes. you know what. Where, right. where. I mean, if we we have the capacity right now, Genghis if Khan we want, very promiscuous. Yes, he was. So <laughs> we and we know that from genetics, yeah. but we can find out even more details. I mean, we can find out if we wanted to, and we could do it, and we had the resources. Uh, you could we could figure out the entire human tree. I mean, that's that's a thing we could do right now. If you went and did a twenty three and me style test on every single living person around the world, yeah. we would be able to reconstruct and like, we will. pretty Everything. much. Yeah, and we Eventually will. Eventually, that's, that's been it's fascinating gonna, me lately. That that that's, that tree. I mean, yeah. I read this novel, uh, the Bone Bone Labyrinth, and then uh, Sapiens. Mm-hmm. That, I was recommending you Sapiens. Mm-hmm. Crazy, like how? Because you always think linear, like Homo erectus. You know, it, it's no, a lot it's of not. a lot of them were living at the same time. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, and there's yes, different yes. types yeah. of like human yeah. species or yeah. breeding moving together. in and yeah, out. And that yeah, large yeah. brain growth. A lot. Some people yeah. theorize that it's, it, it was like uh, nutrition yeah. and yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, and, and interbreeding with Neanderthals and and then this other. Yeah, yeah. and like uh, how many people came to the Americas is still kind of up in the air because it started off with. Just, oh, you mean because you know, my one? Mexican wife looks Asian? <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's a good chance. Well, your, your ancestors came here at one point, and it's not oh, clear. There's not a lot of six foot seven people in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of questions. There's a good chance we have some Macedonian blood in us from Alexander the Great. He spread a lot. He had the, one of the biggest empires in history. It could be, but I think it's probably closer. I will do the. I will do the. uh, There was a National Geographic that I sent, and it. I sent it from CERN, and I think it never arrived. The test, but I think I will do the twenty three and me, and I will figure it out. I will tell you what it is. Yeah, I want to know because I there's a I did one of those. Yeah, that's when I found out there's I was Scandinavian. I have no idea I was Mongolian in you. There's a small. Well, I'm three percent Neanderthal. Wait, you got a whole bit out of it. Yeah. yeah. Scandi- oh, I thought that was like no, your, I, I your didn't know I was Scandinavian. No. Like, oh, okay. I thought cool. I was Irish. Irish. You Apparently, took a blood test and found out what different hominids you were? Yeah, Northern European. Oh, no, because we're all mixed now. Everyone on Earth well, is mixed. Well, except me. I'm still super Chinese. Homo- no, you are mixed, but Neanderthals are in everybody. Yeah. Everybody. It's not, a, that's not a, a mixture of all of Sub-Saharan Africa doesn't have Neanderthals. There's like one group uh, that kind of doesn't. Yeah, Ryan's saying, yeah, but... Yeah. I'll Google it. 
I'll Google it. Um, I'm sorry, I have a really technical question about the new particle, and just forgive me, guys. So uh, one of the things I'm interested in oh, is... Oh, the other stuff wasn't technical. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so you have the di the diphoton channel, and you have, and I heard that there's other um, diboson channels. Do you know of any? Like, can you give us a, like a, well, a leak a, a version of? Yeah, so other, there it, wasn't. That's, that's what's going to yeah, determine yeah, yeah. really what it what, is. So right? you have so. to look at the other channels as well, and we have nothing in the other channels at the moment. We used to have two, a, a two TV, some blips yeah, from right. the eight TV, uh -huh. and now there is there is, a, but but nothing really. In the, in the other divulsion the, channels. There's just not enough statistics or There's it's not really a nexus, like there's nothing. It's everything oh. compatible with the standard model. Is so this bad? is why that's bad because that makes it very harsh. What is this? It's just bad a is thing. a bit of a subjective term. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's, could, it, could it be? <laughs> it could be like really excellent for but, some But could that make it a dark matter then? Because if it does, if it has very low interaction with the standard model, but Well, a dark matter candidate would not, would, I mean, a dark matter candidate would not... Um, Coupled to the photons. Wouldn't, would not decay. It would be right. stable. So right. if, it if we had a lot of missing energy in these events, then it could, have, it could be coupling to dark matter as a kind of a Higgs. Mm -hmm. But we don't have large missing energy in these events. Oh. So the connection with dark matter goes, goes out of the way. It's truly peculiar. It's going to be a ball if this thing mm. becomes a, a reality and it grows and it is an, a, a real signal. Mm -hmm. At the moment, we're just going to make bets. You can, you made your bets that it is real. I, I am skeptical. I mean, I wasn't, until I saw the Higgs in the four lepton channel, which is the ones that my group was working, um, we were working both on the diphotons and on the four leptons, but the diphotons was is very dirty. It has a lot of background. It has a lot of QCD. It has awfully difficult to get the signal from the background. The other one is sticking. We have four clean fermions. You take the invariant mass sticking out a Higgs there. And I saw that when the, the unblinding was happening. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I was sure. But before that, I was very skeptical. With the photons are tough, and we got to wait. Now, at the energies we're talking about, at the mass we're talking about, there's very little standard model. Mm -hmm. So at there's nothing that heavy. There's nothing yeah. that heavy. At 125 GV, all QCD has a continuum there. At mm -hmm. 750, there should be like tiny nothing. Mm -hmm. And there, so we got to see. There's another reason, Owen, you might not want to make a bet. So one of the other issues that you have on experiments like like this one, or just all experiments in general, is that... Like, I do it with foot. Well, okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> one one of the issues is, what, would you change your bet if, it, if you walked into a casino and it says, okay, if anyone gets a full house oh, no. in the That's next... A whole yeah. Thing. yeah. So yeah. this is a huge problem that we have in modern experiments, um, is, is like the selection bias. You always... You get excited about the one fluctuation that's there, but the fact that you're searching many different channels simultaneously mm. means that there's... You have a dilution factor, you, and yeah. we take oh. it into account. So the two sigma, where we say it's a two sigma axis, becomes less, and so the probability that it is a fluke is higher, is not a 2%. But in any case, the fact now that it is in two experiments at mm. the level that it is, it gives you this one two percent that I told you earlier. The right, so that's why they have to be so careful. With but this we do take into account. We, do, we call it the look elsewhere effect. Mm. Right. Uh, so, I guess that, that story about the drunk looking for key, his keys. That's starting to make sense, there, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep.
can we uh, can, can you maybe explain what exactly supersymmetry? I'm still very confused. Like, it's like multiverse. I understand there's family okay, so guy episodes. Kind of like on. my face. It's supersymmetry. You are a very attractive man. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. All right. So, so we talked about the spin. You remember the spin, right? Yeah. The, the whole thing about the, the fermions. 360 and a 360. There. Yeah. So in supersymmetry, so, so, what if if supersymmetry was the theory of nature, every every particle would have a partner that was differing by spin. So every one half would have an integer par- partner. Hmm. So every fermion would have a boson partner. Now you ask me, but in the standard model, you've got a bunch of fermions and a bunch of bosons. Isn't that supersymmetry? Mm-hmm. And then I'm answering to you, we wish. Mm. That would have <laughs> solved all the problems of finding supersymmetry. But you would have to have all the other quantum numbers the same and only the spin be different. What's the significance of achieving supersymmetry? The significance of achieving supersymmetry is that um, if if it is true, mm-hmm. you get a bigger description of nature. It te- it takes you at higher energies in a coherent with a coherent way of how the forces work. You can have it. It tells you that there is a grand unification. It tells you that in the history of the universe, there is a place where all started from the same yeah, isn't force. Super, kind of, isn't uh, supersymmetry needed to put a graviton in? I mean, isn't that a big part the, of it? Uh, uh, minimal supergravity. This is a wishful thinking in minimal supergravity. But yes, you would try to have also gravity folded in in that. Because yes. that's a spin two particle. Because that's a spin two particle. It also and then, doesn't send it exactly. And then we go to well. string theory. And string huh. theory, because it has the, f- the, 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 the first excitation in string theory is the graviton. You say, oh, I got the graviton and supersymmetry. And then... And then if you find supersymmetry, you would say, oh, string theory was the right thing. Well, I'm on the right track. Mm. It doesn't prove it, mm. but you're on the right track. So things come together in terms of your, in terms of the framework you have been working and in terms of how our minds have been uh, building a theory of nature. So is so, it... Yeah, go ahead. And then from supersymmetry, we get all these predictions that we have already proven with data. So it, it's a mm. good... It's a good framework to work with because we get so much more out of it and we have a candidate for dark matter we have the right masses we have the right couplings of all the forces all the forces make sense it comes and it wraps it all together and Mm -hmm. it looks beautiful and elegant and that's it is this the case i don't know could it be that it is layers and layers and layers of more complexity could be maybe probably is hoping that that is the case so that the works that we've done or you guys have done is correct. We don't hope for anything. Oh, we we just measure. Okay. No. I mean, theorists hope that their theory will be right, so they get a Nobel Prize. We don't <laughs> hope. We, we go and we build experiments, and we have our our hope. If you want to have a hope, is that you will probe deeper, and you will find something. And usually, what the hope is that you will find something unexpected, because. Mm. So far in science, when you make leaps, you find something unexpected that it is impossible to explain. And then you make a new theory. Too. I mean, this is how <laughs> quantum mechanics happens. And then you learn. Yeah. And then you make a leap. I don't want to speak badly of our theorist colleagues, but one of the things that, that oh. bugs me a little bit <laughs> is like when this blip showed up or something, there was like an enormous number of papers just all 
like within days, immediately. You know, it's mm. like it's that also has a selection bias. That's a really bad. That has the same problem of. If there's a thousand theories, one of them is going to be right just on accident. Right, so just it's, roll the dice. Yeah, I can come yeah. up with a bunch so of theories. And the pressure to be, <laughs> well, pressure to make it. I'd like to good. see that yeah. one. <laughs> I'd love to see those. I start writing numbers. One of them's going to be well, right. Well, and there's a lot of crackpot theories too. There's yeah, a lot. Right. Of, so it's a it's a continuum all the way to the hardcore theorists all the way to the crackpots. Yes, but, but it, uh, it shows you also the excitement, and it shows you yeah. that it shows you. That theory at this particular moment, um, mm-hmm. after the Higgs, is thirsty for more data and for more phenomena yeah, to explain. Yeah. And I mean, so, the Super Bowl does the same thing. There's <laughs> people come out with all their explanations about why the game went one way or the other, and sometimes there. it's just a random thing that happens. What happened with that Kip was talking about with the gravity fields? It was it was on the verge of being proven. Remember we were talking. Oh about? oh, uh, they went silent actually. That group bicep. went silent. Oh. What happened? No, not bicep. Uh, LIGO. 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 They, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but there's uh, there's some rumors. I just but they went silent, which just you know bicep went silent for three years and then they made a big announcement after that. So, uh, but then their announcement turned out to be wrong. Wrong. So, uh, well, so no, LIGO was trying was to. The, he seemed really pumped about something. He was, yeah, yeah, because they were going to get the data back. They unblinded some batch of data. I and thought they had. Like, uh, I thought they had uh, signal injection so that they trained their analyzers, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, this is what I read in Nature News, but we should ask. When, uh, when was that? Uh, we, less we than a month talking, ago. Okay, a month so that's, ago, maybe. All right, yeah. all right. Well, he he told came on our show and he said they were they were going to look at their first data or start taking data. Um, yes, yes, they have looked at their first data. And then, and, I, I, and then I tried to ask other people about it. Nobody, nobody on LIGO. It's on Nature News. It. Um, David, the, um, he, he the, the Nature News reporter, he got the information. He talked to the LIGO people. I okay. think they had. Hmm. So you know how you make you make uh, you take the data and then you simulate some theory and you throw it in the data, and then you don't tell your people that. Like, like that's we do that. I don't think they data actually challenges. know that. You said, you know, do you know that? Okay, you know, so like you don't know. You do yeah. So, so, it's like a fire so drill. No, it's like when you you inject a shitty joke into a set just to try it out. It's like that. Like right now. It's to test your biases. To, to test all the biases. To test the reconstruction. To test all the software. Uh, to uh, will they be able to find that something is 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 there that right. that is I mean it's fake but you put it in it's there no, yeah. so they really have to find fun, it right are, uh, so some... you inject you inject uh, in the simulate simulated signal you inject it within the data and you try to figure out if people will find it it's it's oh. really fun so like a lot of it's a like lot a of times kind of yeah yeah, yeah it's yes. like a placebo yeah. a lot of times or collaborations yeah <laughs> it's a lot, an sorry, I'm a five year old uh, yeah sometimes <laughs> they'll split a, a collaboration <laughs> into two groups and it, that's where it's really fun so it's like the one group keeps it secret what the you know what the signal is it might be oh there's a black hole in the case of LIGO it might be oh there's a black hole really close by that collided you know yeah. can you see it or it might be oh we're gonna fake earthquakes messing it up or something like that you know they I don't know their example in a double blind study hydroxy cuts proves that you can get buff that's kind of <laughs> what it is right? yes, exactly yeah because yeah. yeah, the whole point of science is to be predictive right yeah and, so that's and, like the way of testing the theory has legs and and human beings are really good pattern detectors we're kind of like too good at it in that we see patterns that um, aren't necessarily there like we want to see so you know like a great example is smiley faces or just faces you can see face faces in rocks or whatever um, so or potato chips. Or potato chips. In the cosmic microwave background map, you can see Stephen Hawking's initial. 
<laughs> it's a ball awesome. with a ball. So you you know this map? Have you ever seen it. the map? The map with the specs? I've seen it. I don't think. So there's a map that, that looks like um, it looks like an ellipsoid. It's the map of the universe. Yeah. Where you take the temperature of the universe, and there are these fluctuations. There are tiny, tiny fluctuations. So you see hot spots and cold spots. The hot spots is where the universe, where the stuff in the universe happened. The long, the, the, oh, I saw in Hubble, that documentary. Yeah, something. Yeah. The blue it, the and red. It, Jimmy. Blue and red. Blue and red. Okay. I'm really blue trying to impress her here, guys. In fact, you, she's it, treating you like you're in the club. So it's I know, weird. I'm she not keeps in the going club. like, That's you know, you, she's like, you know, you yeah. probably have the micro background as a backdrop for your like, Linux you know, system. So, so are we all on the same page? What I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Or should I bring it on my phone? So, no, I got you. so if you look above the, I'll put a above on the, 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 the equator, if you look on the left side, it has an S and an H. It's oh, really in cool. black. I'm putting this on the website. So you that's have awesome. to put it on the website. It's <laughs> Stephen Hawking's initial. It's the universe. Uh, there it is for Stephen Hawking. I'm yeah. the opposite. I see nothing in anything. And it like, actually, I don't see a scorpion. And his birthday is coming up in a few days. Oh, in, awesome. In, is like, he going to be here? Week. No, no. That's we cool. had his 69th birthday here at my oh, meeting. Happy birthday, Stephen awesome. Hawking. <laughs> I can happy never birthday. even see that spaceship inside of that zigzag thing you stare at. Bro, Orion's <laughs> belt is three dots. How do you see a guy? What? Yeah, no. it's like all the all the astrology stuff. I don't see any of it. Yeah, the but lion like, oh, or whatever. Lion. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. all I see. I can't unsee it. Spoon. You can't eat ice cream actually, with that. Big Dipper is the only one I do. Kind Orion's of. Orion's pretty cool. One of the things I like about Orion is those. That's kind of like a big thing. Almost all those stars are part of one object. I mean, they're part of one. I can read faces nebula. really well, though. I can read emotions. <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking? Uh, <laughs> I, don't th I think we both know what you're thinking. <laughs> what is he thinking? What uh, do you know, both of you, that I'm he's thinking? I'm thinking uh, we probably have to wrap up the episode. Yep. Sadly, this is really fun. Uh, How is it sad that it was fun? It's sad that it has to end. Oh. It's like when Christmas is Man, over. Man, this is stuff. the last episode of the year, guys, yeah, I think. It is. When's it, is. Uh, when's it, it is. going up? I'll be back as soon uh, as if possible. you invite me when yeah, we have a discovery. When we have a discovery. Yeah. Oh, yes, awesome. yes, that would be amazing. Okay. Discovery just party. What we'll discovery party? Are you going to. Are you up for a prize, do you think? Nobel Prize? Or is that you don't want to jinx it by. For, yeah. uh, uh, me personally, me? Yeah. I'm not a theorist. I mean, well, we don't give. Oh, that's right. It's so hard for us we now because we have to share uh, it with so everybody. So I'm trying to find the Stephen Hawking thing. What, what oh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Don't worry about it. We'll put it up. We'll okay, do. so there's the S and there's the H. S, H. Oh, that's oh come on now. I can't. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. You can. There it is. There's the S. Do you see S and H? Man. Those look like uh, those tests you take to see if you're colorblind. <laughs> yeah, or like a Warshak diagram. Right. I just actually... What do you, this what is do you right. see here? I, I am enhancing it for you. Do you mm. see the S and the H? What? S and H. I, oh, I see my oh. mother yelling at me when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and people were looking for circles, oh, come too. Come on, guys, please. To... Look, I have now the, the fourth one. Don't tell me you don't see S and H. What color? S and H. Yeah, blue. What? Blue. S and H. S and H. I see two adults fighting and yelling. <laughs> I'd love it if she's pranking you. Right? I know. Be so no, she could totally just be like, where? S. Oh, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an S apostrophe H. There's a little apostrophe. There's a little apostrophe there also. How long did it take but him to look, do that? Look, I actually saw O B. 
No, please, it's S and H. No, that's it. Okay, that's my friend Stephen. Stephen Hawking. Look, I mean, now you see it from very far away too. Oh yeah. Don't tell me you don't see it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. No, that's yeah, it's yeah. very distinct now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What this I, is how we make discoveries. <laughs> <laughs> I see myself disappointing my father. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Kevin Hickerson. You can find me on Facebook. This Kevin goes up tomorrow? Hickerson's. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Maybe I got to plug. I gotta plug uh, this, uh, yeah, New Year's. Plug, New plug. Year's. Come see me. West Nyack. Live. Uh, Levity Live. In New York. Right. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come. Make That's a awesome. bank. I'll be at the comedy store in the main room the day after the first show, my first show of the, day the year. New Year's, yeah, nice. Second, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, Lucy K was just there, so now it's like Ooh. it's like sold now out. Now it's every Kevin night. Peter Hickerson. Yeah, yeah. I'm way too. And Chappelle showed up the other day. Like I'm, I don't deserve to perform there. How about you, Griff? Uh, at Griff Piven, uh, I'll be at the Commonsdale House tomorrow night. Casey's Irish Pub Wednesday. Uh, I got a couple shows next week. I can't remember, but yeah. He's doing the Romania Laugh Factory. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing, doing the, uh, the Transylvanian Chuckle Hut. I'm, I'm working on going to the, the Macedonian Laugh Barn here in the next month. So. Oh, also, oh, I'm doing the Impractical Jokers Cruise. That's the uh, middle of January. Oh, that's that serious. Yeah, that's great. Oh, the lineup's oh, crazy. Uh, uh, Lisa, Lisa Lampanelli, a uh, bunch of great acts are on it. Wow. We're doing a cruise from January 11th to the 17th. The Practical Jokers cruise out of Miami to Mexico. Nice. So I'm brushing awesome. up on my also, Espanol. Ch- check out Stalling. You were in Stalling, which is a, a Comedy Central Kevin Snapchat. And then oh, 60 Minutes, great. 7 Days on YouTube that Kevin was in. And you yep. did, people are digging it. Yep, they are. Yeah. I, get, I get like fan mail from it, so it's nice. awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's you should, and you, you might like it. It's kind of uh, science-y. Okay. It's um, it's because uh, I do another podcast called Why Didn't They Laugh, where it's like why jokes work or not, and I try to literally analyze data kind of. And uh, I tried to write an hour in a week, and he's in it. And it was very difficult. There's a lot of meltdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Jimmy, you guys got uh, season three. Was that yeah. just announced, or was it uh, announced before? No, no, no. It's, it's, I mean, been shooting. I mean, you guys oh, okay. won, picked up yeah, you won, like, Golden Globes and stuff. We uh, Critics' won, Choice. Like, Critics uh, Choice? We won Critics' Choice. We, we won, the, like, the editing for Emmys, um, but, but it wasn't on, like, the award show. We got nominated for the Golden Globe, so that's January 10th. Yeah, you're not getting, ca- you're not getting canceled, canceled when you're nominated. <laughs> I, I don't Golden. ever get to go to these events, <laughs> right. but I get to... And, and I have to plug something. I have to plug something. ProtonMail.com. Get your fully encrypted mail. Oh, yeah. Ooh, how awesome. cool is that? Yeah. Okay, and if you have... If you, from the people who brought you the web. From the, from, <laughs> this is from students from Caltech. Right, <laughs> Especially well, my students right. from Caltech. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Which is a huge thing, because right now... You know, that went to that went then to do a, a PhD. Hard, yes, so. exactly. So, so protonmail.com. Go and get an email you guys address. Let's be our first sponsor. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Do you guys do that? Uh, we, well, yes, we are, we are a startup. We, we arrived to the point. I mean, we are just like, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like free email addresses. Can I'll totally get? plug that every <laughs> totally. episode. Absolutely. If you guys yeah. 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 So what, what is the concept? You, you send an email what? It's encrypted um, well, so people can hack. Do you have somebody who can be a whole guest on it? Maybe Absolutely. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, going to get NDN was an undergraduate here. And with our group, his advisor was Professor Newman. And then he went to... 
Newman, by the way, broke the world record for data, data transfer for the yes. internet. Wow. Really? And yes, just one of the tiny spinoffs of the LHC. I don't know. I downloaded a lot of illegal movies once at a Best Western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is possible you because have we have the great mate. In any case, so so he's uh, he's the CEO, and uh, and uh, we're launching now. We have we have we're about a couple of years already out, and people really like Protomail. We're the best and the top used encrypted mail company. That's awesome. That's that means amazing. that nobody audits your mails, not Microsoft, not uh, your, wow. not your. Uh, so oh, you've got cool. your own. It's like you've got your own social security number. You've got yeah. your own private encrypted mail, and only you and the person who receives it can actually. That's see, amazing. Which so when good. I talk trash about Kevin while I'm emailing Owen. Kevin's not going to yeah, be able to see Yeah, but see, you, you always accidentally... <laughs> and nobody will intercept. And, no, and but you accidentally BCC me all the time, so I always read it anyway. Because <laughs> you don't know how BCC works. Yeah. And let me plug the LHC also. Yes, please. Uh, Large Hadron Collider, it's coming back um, in April, May. Keep... Uh, looking at uh, what's going to happen. And I hope, it, it, I would love to come back, by the way, if you guys want to have me back there. Can I go? Anyway. Sure. <laughs> and sure. how about you? If people want to ask you questions or follow you on Twitter. Sure, or, yeah. If people uh, want to follow me on Twitter, it's I am, um, it's at... Uh, Maria Spilola Palapola Pulu. <laughs> Spiropulu, Maria Spiropulu. You can find me smaria at caltech.edu. Very nice. cool. I'm going to, at funny Asian dude, but I'm not going to plug my website today. It's just extra editing on our part. Uh, I am at Owen Benjamin. Follow me if you want. There's already, already 60,000, so I don't need you. But if you want to, I mean, fine. <laughs> All right. This has been Shirley. You're joking. Thank you very much for being our guest. Uh, Thank Cheers. you so much. Thank you, guys. <laughs>